the theme for the Rock of Ages series of 1978 is the heart of hope. Colossians 1.27 is the scripture which is knowledgeable, I'm sure, to every way believer all over the world. The phrase in Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ where? In you. Christ where? In you. Again, Christ. The hope of what? The hope of what? That's right. The topic tonight is the hope anticipated. Tomorrow night, the hope clarified. Wednesday night, the hope unraveled. Thursday night, the hope perfected. Friday night, the hope believed. And by God's mercy and grace on Saturday night, the final night, of the Rock of Ages, 1978, the hope experienced. <laughs> you know, people at the exact center of our hope is Christ. He is the heart of hope. To know and to love him is to joyfully anticipate his return. When Jesus Christ our Lord ascended according to Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, the last thing our Lord and Savior said was, but Ye shall, absolute tense, receive lambano, manifest, evidence, power, dynamis, the inherent power you shall manifest after or when that the Panumahagion, Holy Spirit, is come upon you. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The last thing the Lord Jesus Christ said before he ascended to his people who were gathered with him, he said, you shall, Lambano, the dynamis, the inherent power, which has come upon you, and you shall, absolute tense, be what? Witnesses unto me. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the witnesses unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Witnesses, yes. Not defense attorneys, not argumentative, but what? Witnesses. We are to be witnesses unto him, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth, and that has to include 
this location at New Knoxville, Ohio tonight. And all the other locations where you move. God said to Moses one day, Moses, take off your shoes, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. The only holy ground in the world is where believers stand. Where you stand as faithful witnesses of God's word, where you, sir, are standing, that is holy ground. These were the last words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word over the world is a W-O-W. You are a word over the world, whether you like it or whether you don't like it. You're still a word over the world. What we mean by W-O-W is just take a one year out of the ritual or the junk you've been doing and specifically go wild. That's what we mean. No matter how tremendous it is, no matter what you're doing, you can go wild. And that means word over the world, but it means something else. The W-O-W to me means witness of the word. Witness of the word. Not just word over the world, but witness of the word. It's the witness of the word that makes the word over the world, ladies and gentlemen. It is a wonderful truth when you learn that after this great statement by the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 8, the next great truth that God revealed is in verse 11. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus This what? Same Jesus. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come absolute in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Boy, oh boy! The last thing he said before he went up was, You shall lambano this dynamis, this power of the Holy Spirit when it's come upon you and you'll be witness unto me all over under the uttermost part of the earth. And then the next thing, he says he's coming back. He's coming back, people. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the unbelieving theologians or anybody else says. The Word of God says he is coming back And ladies and gentlemen, he is coming! (laughs) Try, boy, try! No man brought him the first time, no man's gonna bring him the second time. The Word of God says when the fullness of time was what? Come! God! God! God, God sent his only begotten son, born of a what? That's right. 
They didn't pray his first coming. They won't pray his second. The unbelievers didn't stop him from coming the first time. Ladies and gentlemen, when the fullness of time comes again, when the hands of the God's spiritual clock are on that hour, he, Jesus Christ, is coming back. And he's going to take you and me, the born-again believers. The dead in Christ will rise first. Those who are alive and remain shall be changed at that moment of time. He is coming back. That's why 1 John 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, beloved, now, right now, right now, are we what? The sons of what? God. But it doth not yet appear what we shall be. For when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he was. If we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That defines a little of the hope. The hope that we are anticipating. The hope that has been anticipated throughout all the centuries of the world. Romans chapter 8 defines it a little further. Romans chapter 8. Boy, God's Word is a reality, people. It's true. Listen to this. Romans 8, verse 24. Well, 23. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the sonship, the redemption of our body, the arising, the changing of our body, which is different than the new birth. 4, verse 24. We are saved. Zozo is the Greek word. Made whole. W-H-O-L-E. By hope. But hope that is seen is not what? Hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But, verse 25, if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. That's Romans 8, 24 and 25. It defines the hope. You see, in 1 Corinthians 13, most of you know this from memory, 13, 13, Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is what? Right. Now abideth faith. The word faith there is believing. There abideth believing, hope, and charity. Charity is the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. You see, believing appropriates. Hope anticipates. The love of God in the renewed mind activates both our believing and our hope. 
You can believe for what is available to every believer now according to the revelation of the accuracy of God's Word. You can hope for that which is in the future. But it's the love of God in the renewed mind which activates both our believing for what's available now and our hope for that which is future. In Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, listen to verse 16. Therefore, Romans 4, 16, Therefore, it is of faith, of believing, that it might be by what? Grace. To the end, the promise might be sure, guaranteed, confirmed, absolute, to all the seed, those who are born again of God's Spirit. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the believing of Abraham, who is the father of us all who believe. Abraham is the father of all who believe. Not physically, but because he represented believing. That's why he's our father. He is the greatness of believing. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Even God who quickeneth maketh alive the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they are, is the text. Abraham, who against hope 18. Believe. He believed in hope. He believed that it would come to pass in the future. What? That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in believing, verse 19, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of what? Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in believing, giving glory to God. Verse 21. And being fully persuaded. Being what? Fully persuaded. Not one iota of a doubt, sir. He was what? Fully persuaded. That means he knew that he knew that he knew. He believed that he believed he believed. He was absolutely sure, people, that that which He, God, had promised, He was able also to perform. God promised in Acts 1 that that same Jesus 
whom ye have seen go up shall in like manner come back. What God has promised people, He is able, willing, and will perform. He is coming back. Try. <laughs> Let me show you Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 regarding this Abraham. The Lord, 12.1, said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, go while. And from that, that's not in there. <coughs> not bad though. He left her the Chaldees. Well, look. He said, Get out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. And I, God, look at the eyes in there. I will show thee, I will make of thee a great nation. And I, God, will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them. It's God in action with Abraham who believed, fully persuaded that what God has promised, he was able to perform. Ladies and gentlemen, he got to the place that he knew, that he knew, that he knew, and he just believed God. He just believed God. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 regarding this Abraham. Verse 8. By believing Abraham, when he was called out, called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he did one thing, what? Obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. That doesn't mean he didn't know what direction he was headed. He just didn't know the fullness of the hope because hope cannot be known. It's that which is future. You believe for it. You can't receive it now. By believing, verse 9, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, foreign country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same what? For he, Abraham, looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and whose maker is God. Je Moses looked for a city. I mean, Abraham looked for a city. He never got there. He looked for it. He looked for it. It was always future, but he believed in it. He had the hope. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the hope that keeps a man or a woman moving on. Without the hope, you get tired of the struggles, the strifes, the fights, and all the stupid baloney you have to go through in life. But ladies and gentlemen, when you understand the hope, you just keep going on day after day after day, with the dynamic of the enthusiasm of the greatness of the love of God in your heart, people, knowing that you have the more abundant life now and throughout all eternity. 
That's part of the hope. I'm going to show you another great man, Moses, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Deuteronomy, chapter 18 of Deuteronomy, listen to verse 15, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. And in verse 18, I will raise them up a prophet from among thy brethren like unto thee and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I want shall command him. Look at the record in Acts regarding this. And remember tonight I'm dealing with the hope Anticipated. Acts chapter 7, please. In verse 37, This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear. See, the record is carried right on in Hebrews chapter 11. This is like calling forth a great cloud of witnesses of men who believe God, who had the hope of the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as well as the hope which is still reserved today in the book of Revelation. Hebrews 11, verse 23. By believing Moses, when he was born, this is his daddy and mommy, they hid him three months, his parents, because they saw that he was a proper child. No, they saw he was God's child. And they were not afraid of what? The king's commandment. Ladies and gentlemen, that's top brass. The king's commandment was to kill every male child. But his daddy and mommy knew he was God's child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. They did the will of the Lord. No matter what the king said or the queen or any other dupe, stupid jerk. They did the will of the Lord. (laughs) So, they hit him. And by faith, Moses, by believing, verse 24, Moses, when he was an adult, when he came to years, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter had raised him. He had all the finest education money could buy. He had all the prestige, all the dignity of the court of Egypt. Ladies and gentlemen, for his believing, he refused 
to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? Because he, like Abraham, looked down the distance and he saw something over there. The hope. He saw that. He saw a city that had foundations that would last throughout all eternity. And in his heart he knew Egypt would not. That's why verse 25 says, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of the of sin of the courts of the pharaohs of Egypt, even for a moment is the text. That's Moses, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a look at David in the book of Psalms. Psalm 16, please. Boy, this Word of God is fantastic. Regarding the hope that's anticipated, listen to it. 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. He, the Lord, Jehovah, as at my right hand, I shall not be one. Boy! That reminds me of our hymn we sing at times, On my way to heaven, I shall what? That's right. <laughs> Therefore, verse 9, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices and my flesh also shall absolute tense rest in hope saying that when he dies he still knows and he believes that Christ is going to bring him back and someday he's going to be alive. Turn to Acts chapter 2. And see this great truth in the book of Acts. Regarding David. Verse 25. Chapter 2. For David speaketh concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always. Before my eyes is literally in my eyes. I always had Jehovah the Lord. In my eyes, he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved, shaken. Verse 26. Therefore, did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Got a note in here, got to turn it sideways to read it. <laughs> I got things written in here. You know what was glad? The words "was glad" means rejoice exceedingly. That's why I turned it sideways. My tongue 
rejoiced exceedingly. That means he talked about it, people. He witnessed. Moreover, my flesh also shall rest, tabernacle, in hope. Boy, what a tremendous thing. Verse 27. Because thou wilt not leave me, my soul is me. You will not leave me in the grave. Hell is wrong. It's Hades. It's the grave. The believer don't go to hell. Let the unbelievers go. That's right. Hell's not made for a believer. They got all screwed up in this thing. The word is Hades, meaning the grave. Thou wilt not leave. The word leave means to forget him, to forsake him in the grave. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see what? This is referring to what David knew. And it is referring to also the Lord Jesus Christ who came. Verse 28. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy presence. Men and brethren, let me boldly speak unto you of the patriarch David. That he is both dead and what? And his sepulcher is among us unto this day. Verse 30. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he, David, seeing this before, spake of what? The resurrection of Christ. There it is. The Word spells it out for you. Spoke of the resurrection of hope. Not only did he think of his own self that he would be resurrected someday, but he, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ. That he, his soul, was not left in Hades, in the grave. Neither did his flesh see corruption because God raised him the third day. People, that's David. Take a look at Job. Chapter 19. Verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer, what? Liveth. I know. I do not question. I do not doubt. I have come to the place that I know that my Redeemer liveth. And that He shall stand. My Redeemer Jesus Christ he's talking about. He knows. 
that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job, perhaps the first written record in the whole Bible, he already had that hope that there was a day coming when his Redeemer would stand upon the earth. And then verse 26, And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. That's a terrible translation. I'm going to give you the accuracy of the old Hebrew and Estrangilo Aramaic text of this verse, and I think it's absolutely beautiful. It is exquisite. Although my body becomes frail and deteriorated, yet without this body shall I see God. That's the text. Paul. Wait till we tie this all together this week. And when you begin to see that the dead in Christ rise, the people who are alive are changed, then these great records in the Old Testament will live like glowing diamonds in your spiritual hearts. Boy, although my body becomes frail, deteriorates, means decay, disintegrate. Yet, yet, without this body, which has become frail and deteriorated, yet without this body shall I see God. Boy, that means if he's going to see God, he's got to have something new. That's right. And God's always in the business of giving something new. When you were dead in trespasses and sins without God and without hope, He gave you something new. You got born again, baby. Which is that Christ in you, the hope of glory. You got it. That's right. Man, God's in the business of giving new things. <laughs> you see how these men believed for the first coming? And as we get into the hope clarified and unraveled and perfected, I will show you that they looked for His first coming. But in the first coming, he who was to redeem Israel. His own people did not believe him. So they finally crucified him. But God raised him from the dead. And these men already saw the book of Revelation living back there thousands of years before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, that's what I call the hope anticipated.
<laughs> right. Some people have a job believe in God till tomorrow morning after breakfast. <laughs> Here are these, this roll call of believers. Like Abraham, Moses, David, Job. Believe God all the way through. Way beyond the first coming. Way down the road to the completion of the second coming, which is recorded in the book of Revelation. And it was by that believing that they waged a mighty warfare here upon earth. Stopped the mouths of lions, got their dead back to life, chased whole armies. Boy, oh boy, it's that hope, people, that makes it possible for me to love God and to be a part of this ministry, to love you and just stand for God's Word day after day after day after day, just declaring what the Word says. Because, people, there's one thing I know, and that is that His Word never faileth. His Word is always true. His Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the greatness of that Word is His wonderful Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And He is coming back. Boy, look at First Peter. Look at First Peter chapter 1. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Christ's ministry was to Israel. Jesus Christ came to His own Israel. When Jesus Christ sent out the twelve, to whom did He send them? The lost what? Sheep of what? You and I are not sheep, we're sons of God. We're going to get to that too this week. Well, I got there already tonight when I did First John 3. Remember, beloved, now are we what? Doesn't say sheep or what? Right. <laughs> Who's that knocking at my door? I think they ought to insulate this pulpit or do something with it. Well, anyways, you can hear me back there anyways. And that's what I'm concerned about. You hear the Word of God. Boy, it's the Word of God. That's the will of God. I told you earlier to know and to love Him, Jesus Christ, is to joyfully anticipate His return. And I show, told you that his ministry, Jesus Christ's ministry, was specifically to Israel. When he sent out the twelve, he sent to the lost sheep of house Israel. You know it's hot up here. Hot down there. That's because of the heat of the Word. You're beautiful. When he sent out the 70, 
He sent them to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He told them, keep your snazolas out of the ways of the Gentiles. You see, class, Christ's ministry was to Israel. Ours, in His name, is to the world. Baby, you wait till that hits you. Boy, when you understand the greatness of his ministry to Israel and you saw what happened, then someday it hits you that our ministry is not to Israel, it's to the world. Man! Witnesses unto me under the uttermost part. Amen, baby. You know something, kids? We don't have to defend God's Word. I don't give a hoot if nobody believes that it's so God's Word. That's right. <laughs> and you're here because you believe the same thing. That's right. They can all laugh, they can ridicule, they can take a crack at us and say we're literalists. Well, baby, I want to tell you, when you go to the table for a chicken dinner, you are a literalist. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, what about God? If the chicken dinner is more literal than the Word of God, you haven't got any hope left in this life, the next, or anything else. I want to tell you the Word of God's much more accurate than a chicken dinner. (laughs) That comes and goes pretty quick. (laughs) That'll charge you for that special seat right up here in front. Ought to make you pay three times to get in rock or something. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, once more. And this is what burns in my heart because this is what gelled in my soul day after day. I see the WWs. I see the outreach of the ministry. I see the core. I see all those 20, 30, 40 different programs that are initiated and carried out here at the Way International. Boy, with everything we do, we have only one desire, and that is to hold forth the integrity and accuracy of God's Word, to reach out with it. All we want to do is bless people. We don't cheat. We don't steal from. We don't beg. You don't bar. You know, we all we want to do is just bless them with the greatness of the Word of God and the love of Christ that burns within our hearts. And that's what the W.O.W. program, the core, and all these other things are all about. Well, I better get to 1 Peter chapter (laughs) 1. Bless your heart. Verse 10. Of which salvation, wholeness, W-H-O-L-E, so-so is the text. The prophets have inquired 
and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Throughout the Old Testament, men like Abraham, Moses, David, Job, looked forward to a day. And they looked way beyond his first coming. They saw his second. Way down yonder, in the book of Revelation, sir, they saw it. But in between, in between, here and over there, it was like a great valley. And they searched diligently. Well, what do you think they searched? The scrolls, the word, you tired on me. That just means you're getting a breath of fresh air. She's yawning big for me. Taking in the whole word of God. I love you guys. Boy, hey, they searched diligently. The scrolls, what do you think they were looking for? That period of time in between here and the return over there. They searched diligently. The reason they couldn't find that period of grace prophesied of the grace that should come on you. The reason they couldn't find it because that period was hidden in God and it was not made known by revelation until many, many centuries and time later when it was made known to Paul. And that's the mystery of the Christ in you, the hope of glory. That was the mystery. They searched diligently. They looked at the scrolls. They searched diligently for that period of what? Grace. But they could not what? Find it. For it was hidden in whom? Amen. Hidden in God. And ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus Christ was God, that He would have known it. He did not know it, honey. He did not know it. He did not know it. He was not God. He was the Son of God. Look at verse 11. Searching, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them upon them is the text. It wasn't in them. Christ had not yet come. The Spirit which of God which was upon them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should what? Wonderful. You know, people, in the Bible, whenever and wherever it mentions the sufferings of Christ, it always mentions the glory of Christ with it. Never leads Him in His suffering. Always brings the glory with it. Yet there are times and times again in the Bible when it will mention the glory without the sufferings. 
They search diligently for this period of grace between the sufferings, which is the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sufferings of Christ and the what? They search diligently for that period. How long is it? They couldn't find it because that's the mystery, the great mystery which was kept secret in God from before the foundation of the world and was not made known until it was made known to the Apostle Paul. And that secret, people, is the Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the secret. They searched diligently for it. They couldn't find it. It wasn't there. The sufferings and the glory. The glory, ladies and gentlemen, is still future. Because he's coming back. He's coming back. And ladies and gentlemen, after he comes for the body of the church, he will come with the body of the church upon the earth. And when he does that, he will be in all his glory. The sufferings of Christ will be over with and the glory that should follow, will be there. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that's when he comes back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he is coming back for that same Jesus which you have seen go up in like manner is Coming back. That same Jesus. He is coming back. Gosh, how thankful I am tonight that he's coming. Boy, we have more than an abundant life now. But think what we're going to have as fellow believers joined with God in Christ Jesus throughout all eternity. If you think this is a great rock of ages, just imagine what the rock will be throughout all eternity. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the great hope anticipated. Thank you for the greatness of burning it in our hearts and so beautifully making your word of God living and real to your people this night in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless. That's the hope anticipated. Love you. Oh, yeah. From the care and troubles of this world, there's no need to linger on a wave of and watch your worries. Burn.
I know you can live your heart. 